Let's it fly. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. That's right, that's right. It is episode number three of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello, and I am back with the third edition of Seeing Red. To be honest, that's two more episodes than I thought we would get to. So if you're back for episode number three, or if you're a new listener checking in for the first time, thank you. Give yourself a pat on the back for me. Give yourself a round of applause. But please, if you're driving, save that for later. Now, if you're joining us for the first time, as I said, I am Troy Moriello. I started this podcast a few weeks ago, and I'm trying to cover all things St. John's basketball. If you're interested in hearing episode number one, which was our preview show, or episode number two from last week, you can do that by heading on over to my Twitter account. I am at Troy Moriello. That's at T-R-O-Y-M-A-U. R-I-E-L-L-O. You can follow me if you'd like, but more importantly there, you can find a link to my SoundCloud, which will have all past episodes for the time being. We are also now on Apple Podcasts as well. I got that sorted out last week, so every episode from now until the end of time should be on Apple Podcasts. Um, There is a little bit of a delay. I think it takes them a few hours to, to get it up there after I put it onto SoundCloud. So the episodes will always be on SoundCloud first, and then they'll go to Apple Podcasts. But by the end of the day, Wednesday, they should always be there. Um, so as I said, you can find those both links to both of those on my Twitter. Also on Twitter, you can leave some feedback for me on how you think the show can improve week to week. Uh, I really do think that we are improving week to week. Um, I'm noticing a lot of changes just from two weeks ago to right now. Um, and that is because of some feedback from you guys. If you'd like to join me for an episode, we can make that happen as well. I've had a few people reach out and let me know that they want to come on the podcast. And we are going to do that as the season starts. And as I said last week, I don't want this to just be me, so um, I'm happy to uh, to bring on a co-host, and that leads me to what this show today is going to be, because I do have a bit of a co-host for today, because we have Zach Braziller on from the New York Post, uh, the, I guess he would say, notorious Zach Braziller, uh, always willing to engage with St. John's fans on uh, on Twitter, he is a bit of a, I guess, a renaissance man for the New York Post covering really all New York sports, but he does an outstanding job with St. John's, as we know. Uh, Zach called in yesterday. We spoke for about uh, 20 minutes, I would say. He did, he, he did an outstanding job. I just kind of fired a bunch of questions at him, previewing both the St. John's season and the Big East season. He did a great job, as usual. The interview is outstanding, as usual. You're going to hear coming up. So that's really going to be today's episode. It's going to be an interview with Zach. Uh, hopefully, we can have him on more throughout the season. Um, as I said, he did an outstanding job, and we're looking forward to the season, as is he. And um, So enjoy the interview with Zach, and I'll be back after to kind of wrap it up. All right, we now have on the incomparable, the incredible Zach Braziller of the New York Post. Um, I really don't even think he needs much of an introduction, to be honest. If you're a St. John's fan, uh, you know this man, you know his work. You follow him on Twitter, probably. You've read his articles. Zach, thank you so much for coming on here today and uh, coming on the podcast. Uh, no problem. I think uh, I think you're, you're giving me a little too much praise. I think there are members <laughs> of the fan base who might disagree with you, but uh, I really appreciate it. Very, very kind work. <laughs> no problem, no problem. All right, so to start off, I actually have uh, some advice that I'd like to ask you, if you don't mind. Yes, sir. 
Go for it. Sure. Okay. So I'm thinking, uh, when should I buy my my St. John's Final Four tickets in Minneapolis? Should I go? Should I do it now, or should I wait till they win the Big East, or should I wait till they get in the top ten? Like, when, when should I buy those Final Four tickets? You know, it's funny. Uh, I um, was really starting to get down to work on uh, our college basketball preview today yeah. you know, for for everything, and mm-hmm. you know, I tweeted that you know it's not a good year locally, and that the really you know, I don't really see one lock and our team, I think, will definitely make the tournament. And I said, maybe maybe St. John's, if I'm being generous, mm-hmm. could be that team. And the replies were just like, how could you say maybe? Or how could you say that? You know, I got texts about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's pretty... <laughs> I'll say this, the fan base, at least a lot of it, is really confident. And look, Team in the world, the team's a lot of talent. There's no question about it. You know, I think they have two of the five or six best players in the league in Pons and Maron. And, you know, but I do think people need to relax a little and just let it play out. I mean, this is a team that's coming off three straight losing seasons. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of new pieces. So let's, let's just see how they gel. I think people might be getting a little ahead of themselves. A little ahead of themselves. Which, you know, let's let these games play out before we go nuts with crazy predictions. You know, to me, making a tournament... I know people are saying, oh, we should be a Sweet 16 team. We got to win a tournament game. You know, mm-hmm. let's, just, let's just let this play out. Let's just see this team play and see how it goes. And, look, I like the excitement. It makes my job fun. And I want to see this I want to see this team and this program kind of take the next step. And, you know, it, it makes my work more important. It makes, my, my bosses send me on trips. And, <laughs> you know, and everyone gets excited. And the games are fun to cover. So, you know, I like to see them do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's just... Uh, I think some people need to kind of tone down expectations so we see these guys on the court. <laughs> In terms of the expectations, both from the fan base and from a realistic perspective, when's the last time they've been this high? Because I, I guess you could say 2014-15, but that was more like like this group needs to make a tournament before they all graduate. With this team, it seems like the talent is really there, the depth is there. When's the last time that like that those type of expectations have been this high for a team? I've been stretching to last year. There were hopes that this, that team could be really good. Mm-hmm, um, that was like probably his deepest team ever when you had Jakar Sampson and Orlando Sanchez and all, you know, with Harrison and Green and Pointer and all those guys. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Jordan was a freshman and, and Branch. I mean, that, that, that to me was a team that had a lot of high expectations and, you know, it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, I don't know if they were quite as high as this year's team. I mean, you know, this year's team has got the preseason player of the year. They have a, you know, a big time talent Heron. You have two obviously big, you know, really good players in Simon and Clark. And mm-hmm. then you have some other additions, whether it's Figueroa, Greg Williams, mm-hmm. you know, um, Sadie Kata and, you know, Mike Dixon. Um, so I, I do think that year there were some, there were pretty high expectations, but I, I don't, I don't know quite as high as this one. I think you got to go back a long time, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe to the Felipe Lopez there, or, you know, maybe after that, or maybe, you know, I shouldn't say that, maybe, you know, but it, 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 to me, it's, it's a long time coming. I mean, it, it's exciting. It's fun. I mean, I, I'm really intrigued to watch this team play. And to me, it's such a fascinating year for this program because, you know, you have Chris Mullins' fourth season. He hasn't won yet at all. Um, you have so much on the line for guys like Pons and Harrell when you talk about the NBA. You have mm-hmm. the athletic director. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, to me, it's just such a such an intriguing season for this program. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned that. Now, it, some of these players actually have 
you know, tournament experience just from, you know, being transfer uh, transfers and things like that. But Chris Mullen as a head coach has obviously never even really come close to the NCAA tournament. Do you think that he's kind of, I mean, he'll never say it, but you think he's kind of feeling the pressure or do you sense that he's not really feeling the pressure to, to really make this into an NCAA tournament team in now his fourth year? Yeah, I don't, I don't think Chris necessarily feels pressure. Um, <laughs> I mean, when you're talking about a guy who's, you know, been one of the all-time greats mm-hmm. as a player who's played it, you know, in as big games as he could possibly play to me. So I don't think he feels pressure, but I also think he understands you got to win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, if that makes sense. You know, he's, you know Chris doesn't, doesn't like to look past his lunch, let alone look into March. So <laughs> but he has, you know, even admitted a few times, yeah, it's time to win. Mm-hmm. You know, he's admitted. He said, like, look, he looks around at practice, he knows the talent's there, and, you know, he's been saying for a while now that it's the offseason, um, you know, I have the roster that I feel like I need to do what I want, but that's pressuring the ball, that's playing up tempo, and, um, you know, so, I mean, he, he, he understands it, he now has a, he now has an actual boss here with, with new athletic director Mike Craig, who comes from Duke, and, mm-hmm. you know, and look, Mullen has two years left after this, so after this year, it's, it's kind of getting down to, you either got to extend them or think about moving on, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think they necessarily make a decision, but when the coach only has two years left, you're starting to, you know, their recruiting hasn't been great lately, and so it doesn't help if the coach only has a shelf life. So, I mean, you know, this is this huge year for him. He knows that, but I, I don't think he feels pressure just because that, to me, is <laughs> for someone like him, to me, he doesn't subscribe to that. You yeah. know, his, his thinking is, is. Yeah, you know, it's trite and it, it's cliche, but his idea is if you prepare the right way, you're going to win. Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to put yourself in position to win. Mm-hmm. And to, me, to him, you know, for someone who's played at the highest level of the game, I don't think coaching brings brings the same amount of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe, maybe he does feel it. Maybe he says it's even privately, but I've never gotten a sense that he looks at this year as any kind of pressure. Mm-hmm. Now, putting this team in a position to win, looking at this non-conference schedule, it's it's pretty bad. Uh, I look at I see a lot of bad mid-major teams and a lot of really bad power five teams that are should should on paper be at the bottom of their conference is this really going to hurt them like when it comes to selection sunday and and you know tournament time if they're on the bubble with just how how because i i mean is there one game that you think that they won't be favored in i I mean i mean just looking at at on paper this non-conference schedule uh, yeah, Duke. <laughs> well, right, besides Duke, in, yeah, in, the, in the real non-conference portion of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's the only game they're not going to be favored in. Mm-hmm. That's the only game they're not favored Now, you know, people. some people think Temple could be could could be a surprise team. You know, mm-hmm. don't, don't forget, when you saw Arizona State on the schedule last year, no one thought that game would actually be a good, True. would be a quad one game, and it was. Mm-hmm. So Temple could be a... Could be a could be one of those games that that could help them. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia Tech just got I, I forget the name at the moment, but they just got a transfer immediately eligible that will maybe help them go from one of the worst teams they see maybe somewhere closer to the middle of the pack. So mm-hmm. maybe that can help a little. And that you know remember that's that's a neutral site game as well. So mm-hmm. um, that will help. But yeah, look, there's no doubt about it. Bad schedule. Um, you know, I've heard different things about why the schedule is why it is the way it is. Mm-hmm. I do know um, they were they were pretty far along with playing Kentucky at the Garden, and then that fell apart. You know, some people have said Kentucky backed out after you know a, a late in last year when they saw St. John's making some strides. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people say St. John's was hesitant to play the game, mm-hmm. but I do know that both sides went pretty deep into it 
into the spring where that was a very real possibility. Okay. Um, I do know St. John's was not exactly thrilled that Rutgers was the team they drew in, you know, in the Gavit game. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that St. John's was hoping for better teams in the Legend Classic than Cal, Temple, and VCU. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is what it is. There's no going back. I, I don't expect to see schedules like this moving forward. It's strange because if you look at Chris's first three years, the schedules have been good. Yeah. They've been amazing, but they've been they've been solid. They've mm-hmm. played in good non tournaments. Like, you know, last year you look at a few games, they played New Orleans. Last year they opened with them that made the tournament the previous year. They played Grand Canyon, which was the favorite in their league. Yeah. They obviously played down in Orlando in that tournament. They you know, they played a decent Saint Joe's team. Mm-hmm. Um you know, to me the the mistake you know, forget the, the, the mid-major game. That's not the issue. Yeah. Because everyone plays weak mid-majors. The problem is Princeton at the Garden is a game that should have never been scheduled. <laughs> you know, to me, in the Holiday Festival, it should either be a really good local team like an Iona, yeah. Austin, Manhattan, mm-hmm. or be a really good high-major. Mm-hmm. That was, to me, probably the biggest issue. And, you know, the legends, you know, it, I'm not sure exactly how it works with these, with these you know, non-conference tournaments. Yeah. Um, the Legend Classic is, you know, maybe they were... You know, expecting something better. I also know they were they were involved in the nine eleven. Uh, never forget classic and at Prudential Center they do every year. And, mm-hmm. You know, for whatever reason that they didn't end up in that. So you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And look, it, it's it's going to put a lot of pressure on them to have a good Big East season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But they have they have a big year and take care of business in the non conference. It, it might not matter, mm-hmm. but I do think it's going to hurt them in some way. Whether it's getting the tournament, whether it's their seeding. You know, unless some of these teams are just big surprises, um, it, it's going to hurt. But it, it, I, I, we got to see how it plays out. Like I said, I mean, you could see a few teams maybe are better than advertised. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, uh, um, you know, Wagner is a, you know, Wagner could win their league. If, you know, that might be better, better game than people, people realize, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So time will tell um, but yeah, on paper, it doesn't help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, looking at the roster, uh, got guys coming in, Heron, Kata, Figueroa, obviously. Do you think that they'll take some of the pressure off? I mean, they should, but I'm looking at Shamori Pons, and, and everything starts and ends with him, obviously, in this offense. But last year, while his numbers went up, his efficiency kind of went down. Um, do you think that the addition of those type of guys is going to help him become a more efficient scorer and a more efficient player? Or is that just kind of the player that he is, you know, a volume shooter, he's going to get his shots no matter who's on the floor with him? Well, what do you think about that? No, I think what's going to help him become more efficient is what he was told by NBA people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, True. They basically told him everything Chris has been telling him. Mm-hmm. So they basically said, look... You know what you can do, but at the next level, you got to be a. You're going to be a, a. You have to be a lead guard. You're going to have to be a playmaker. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not taking 25 shots a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what the staff's been trying to get through his head, and what NBA people and you know, it, look, it'll obviously help when he's got better players around him. But to me, that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. He knows for you know, like every kid, he wants to play in the NBA, and teams are. That to me is what I like for him and Heron. Like, you know, when I talked about Lavin second to last year with all those guys, what mm-hmm. killed that team is you had guys playing for the NBA. You had Jakar Stamps and Orlando Sanchez <laughs> and other guys playing for the NBA, you know, trying to showcase their game instead of doing what they needed to do to help the team win. Mm-hmm. What Pons and Heron have to do for the NBA people is what's going to help St. John's with games. Mm-hmm. And that's be playmakers, be selfless, play defense, you know, 
So that's gonna, to me, is the biggest thing with Shamori. And you know, I, I know, I, I also think you have to take into account the Shamori's last year is, you know, when, when Levesque goes down, all of a sudden he's, he's everything's on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I think he struggled with that. And if you saw when the team started playing really well in February, that was because, well, yes, he had a few big scoring games. He was also you know, really distributing the ball. I think yeah. that Bill Novak said he had seven or eight assists, and yeah. I remember he, I thought he played a great, uh, to me, everyone's focused on the Marquette game and the Duke game. To me, the best game Pons played all, all year last year was Bill Novak mm. because his shot wasn't great, but he was getting guys shots. He, guys, he, he, was, he made guys better. He really, um, he, he, Clark had a big game, and a big part of that was, yeah. was Pond. Mm. And, and Simon had a big game. You know, that to me is the key, you know, to me the X Factor is Kata because he's their one true experienced big guy. Mm-hmm. But Pond is obviously so important. It's not just him playing well, it's him playing well in, you know, in the framework of the team. And to me, when he's got so much talent around him, you're gonna see him probably score a little less, but you know, probably be more efficient. Because that, that's what the NBA people want out mm-hmm. of him. That's what they want to see. They, they know he can score thirty points. That's not that's not important to them. They want to see him be a play, be a true playmaker. And look, you see him do. He averaged almost five assists a game last year. Mm-hmm. Talking about CDK now, uh, he had fifteen points in that scrimmage, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but they really haven't had that that big guy or that front court presence that can be a legitimate scorer in a while. I mean, you look at Obekpa and you look at uh, Tariq Owens from last year. Neither one of them were, were outstanding offensive players. Is Cater going to bring that to the table offensively, or do you think that uh, this scrimmage performance is kind of going to be you know a once in, in every few games type of thing for him? I think he's a mystery, and like I said, he's, he's my X factor for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he's not going to block five, six shots a game like Tariq would, but mm-hmm. I've heard he's a he's a he's a more stable defender where he's you know he's he's going to get more rebounds. He's not going to go for a block shot every time. He can switch out on perimeter guys. He's very athletic. Mm-hmm. Well, essentially, I've heard he can shoot a little. Uh, I've heard he can play behind, move back to the basket a little, mm-hmm. but. We got to see it. I mean, this is a guy who didn't play a lot of South Carolina's one year there, which, when you look at who they had down there, is understandable. To me, it's not a knock on him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had Silva, they had the other big kid, the European, the, uh, the European kid who was very good, mm-hmm. um, and that was the team that made the, the final four. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, I'm very intrigued by him. I think it's, you know, that's one thing about the schedule. As much as you would like to see them make it better. I think that that schedule is going to be good for him and for the freshmen and even for Segurola uh, who's coming over from JUCO. It'll mm-hmm. give them a chance to kind of feel their way and, and not, you know, not be having these huge games right away. So they're going to have, you know, they're going to get the opportunity to, to adjust against Division One basketball and to to develop, a, you know, comfort level on the court with their with their teammates, mm-hmm. with their teammates, you know. But yeah, I'm intrigued by Kate. I mean, you know, the one knock with especially with with his coaching staff and the way they the way they play is that it's not it's not suited for big guys. Nope. That it's, it's it's a guard it's a guard offense. Mm-hmm. And I know that's part of the reason and Tariq Owens left. Um, that's some part of the reason why they've kind of struggled landing big kids. But you know if Kata plays well in the framework of his offense, it'll should only help recruiting. So I mean he's he's a mystery. I really don't know what to expect from him. I know mean, you hear things and you see things, but until we actually see him on the court, you know, we're we're really not gonna know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I want to look at this scrimmage for a second now. Um, I'm not going to overreact. I know that you know no one in this fan base is going to overreact for sure to a to a loss in a scrimmage against URI. <laughs> but um, I don't think the result really matters. The only thing that that stood out to me was Heron uh, one of ten shooting. Um, like you said, is it going to take? Like, should we be? concerned at all with him kind of meshing with this team because he's, he's been there practicing with them all offseason right so like should there be any kind of worries about him kind of meshing with the team early on no worries I just think it's natural mm-hmm. I mean in basketball you know when when a good player joins a new team it takes five and look at LeBron like every you know every <laughs> time he's in a new place the teams usually get off to a slow start yeah um and obviously, you know, not making a kind of comparison, but like it's, you know, it's it's, it's normal. I mean, I, I was told a few things about that scrimmage that I didn't report at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a fifty-minute scrimmage. The only box scores that got out were the first forty. Like, you know, probably the last ten, St. John's took a two of them by about fifteen points. Number oh, one. Okay. Number two. You know, this, this is a controlled scrimmage. I think people make way too much out of the results of the, you know, result. This isn't like, it's not like an exhibition game, you know. Mm-hmm. It's very different. Mm-hmm. It's a control. It's a controlled scrimmage. And look, yeah, and Heron and Clark both struggled shooting the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, basketball is going to happen. I mean, I, I, you know, I get it. I get the negativity from some fans because they're so used to it. But I, like I said, just let's let let's let these guys play some games together before we start making, you know, rash uh, rash judgments. And look, I, I know you are Irish fifth in that league. If they're picked fifth in the A ten with what they have, A ten must be really good mm-hmm. because I know they lost some players, but they have they have some really good players, and they have. You know, I don't feel like all they have to do coach. That guy was the associate head coach. So he's been. You know, that, to, mm-hmm. me, to me, that team is. I like that team to make the tournament. I think that team is better than people expect. Okay. Um, that being said, look, it is a new team. I mean, think about it. You have three returning starters. You have one returning, you know, guy who was on the bench. Basically, you got a lot of new players. So I know some of the guys practiced last year, but it's it's still a very new team that's going to take time to gel. Which to me is the only positive from that schedule that it's going to allow them to feel each other out mm-hmm, definitely uh before i let you go i want to look at the the big east as a whole real quick i, I said last week on this podcast i kind of looked at the rest of the conference and I, I thought that this is maybe the most wide open that it's been since realignment a couple of years ago where you can kind of expect villanova at the top you can kind of expect i guess DePaul at the bottom but two through nine is kind of up in the air um is this do you kind of agree with that, that this is the most wide open it's been really in a while? To an extent, I do. I, I do like Nova, although they are, you know, they're not going like, to me, they're not going to lose two or three games in the league like they have in the past. Mm-hmm. I think they, I think, I think like 12, 13 and five is probably more likely than what they've done lately mm-hmm. in the league. Um, I think Creighton's definitely going to finish ninth, if not 10th. <laughs> um, they lost their two best players. They mm-hmm. have a lot of holes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, beyond that, I can see. I, I do think people are too high on Georgetown. Um, they lost their best player. Mm-hmm. Their their best their best two guards are freshmen. Um, we you know talk about Akinjo and, and McClung. Um, Govan, he's a Queens kid. I like him. Mm-hmm. I him being your star guy. I got to see it. To me, it was a little desired as your number one guy. Yeah, I think people are way over. It. I don't think Georgetown finishing has you. Okay. Uh, I don't see that. I, I think Seton Hall is underrated. 
I think Miles Powell, I, you know, Diggy's preview, which comes out um, next week, mm-hmm. Miles Powell, I'm putting him on our first team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to be one of the big breakout stars in the league this year. Um, I think we'll know, I think Steve Hall is a shot finish in the top half. Mm-hmm. I think people are overrated Butler. They lost a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, big time. You know, but yeah, look, I... To me, there's look, I think Promise has a nice team. I think Marquette has a nice team. St. John's got a lot of talent. They've seen all his ability. I think Xavier's seen better people realize those two freshmen from last year are really good players. Mm-hmm. Um, Marshall and Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have some other pieces as well. I you know, I could see Xavier you know, I put it this way, I, I think um two through seven could kinda of go any way. Mm-hmm. Um you know, because Providence is really going to kind of get put on their freshmen, and then you never know how that goes. Yeah. Um, Marquette's got to prove they can defend, although I love the addition of of the Fordham transfer, Chartuni. He's a really good defender, playmaker, the kind of player they really, really needed. Mm-hmm. But they still got to prove it because Howard does not defend. Hauser does not defend. You know, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, I, I think if anyone remembers, I mean, St. John's going to the same, right here, sir. St. John's going to the same ball screen with Pond. Were you, were you at the game last year at Cardinal Second? Which one was that? Uh, against Marquette, when they basically ran the same ball screen every single play. <laughs> I was not. I wasn't at the Marquette game, I mean, now. He, he scored 44, yeah. <laughs> and it was a great performance. But, I mean, Chris just kept on calling the same play. <laughs> and Pond and, and was just destroying... Uh, was destroying Hauser and destroying uh, Howard. Yeah. And, you know, your best, best players don't play defense. It creates problems. Mm-hmm. Now, I do think it'll help them a little with Rousey gone as good as he was offensively. They couldn't play him and Howard together because yeah. they would just get torched on the other end. Mm-hmm. I like their talent, but they got to they gotta show me they can defend if they want to be a legit top three team in this league. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I can see a lot of... Uh, I can see a lot of possibilities. Uh, it, you know, I, I really can. Um, you know, it, to me, it's it's wide open uh, from two to seven. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's a fascinating season. I, you know, especially for St. John's, I mean, it's just so much on the line. Mm-hmm. With this, this program for guys, whether Chris or Hans and Heron and... You know, this is really this is such a, this is a make or break year for Chris. Obviously, he's got to win this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the new way you throw the new AD in there. It's just you know, this, mm-hmm. I'm really excited for the season. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I just I just wish there were more good games because it's funny. There's all this hype for the season, and it's like people are going to kind of forget about this team because their schedule's so bad. It's going to be. You're going to basically be waiting for December 29th at the Prudential Center for, for like six weeks. Exactly. I'll be there. Um, one final question because you've, you've been so gracious with your time, and thank you again for coming on here. So I'm not going to make you make a prediction, but I do want to well, know. I can't because my, my boss will kill me. <laughs> our prediction is just Tuesday's paper. So, exactly. Uh, okay. So you can check that out. But I, w- I will ask you one question. A lot of guys have been picking this team. Oh, uh, in like their power rankings, I saw ESPN, CBS to be in the top twenty-five. Do you think that they reach the top twenty-five at any point this season? Do they make the top twenty-five? Yeah, I do. You do? Okay. I, do. I, I I can see them getting off to a little bit of a slow start in the league. Nothing like last year, obviously, just because their early schedule is difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's Marquette uh, to start at home, at the whole. I mean, there's some tough games. Um, you know, I think they have Nova early. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they, you know, I can see it. They're going to have a good record. I, I don't think it's going to happen though before the week starts because mm-hmm. they're, at, they're just in, you know, they're, they're at the bottom of receiving both now. They're just, unless they just, I mean, unless they just are annihilating everybody, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's going to be tough for them to get in the top 25 before the league season starts where they can get some stadium wins. Mm-hmm. But I do think um, there's a good, I do, I do expect it to happen at some point. It should be good because I'm, I'm working on my bosses to send me to Duke uh, February 1st. So if St. John's is ranked, it'll make things a little easier. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I think we can all hope for that. Um, thank you so much, Zach, for, for uh, coming on. It really means the world to me, and um, this is going to be huge yeah, for this podcast. Um, hopefully, yeah, we should, uh, do it again if you want. Exactly. I was going to say, hopefully throughout the season, you know, maybe once every couple of weeks, we can have you on to, uh, to talk shop and get your reaction to stuff. I I, uh, I can't wait for the season, man. I'm I'm, I'm sick of covering these two NFL teams around here. <laughs> yeah, not you're, not. You're a Jets or a Giants fan? I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan. Unfortunately, I'm named oh, after Aikman. Hey, I think you're better off than if you're a Giants fan. <laughs> yeah, th- thank God for me. <laughs> All right, uh, th- thank you so much, Zach. Again, um, hopefully we'll talk to you soon and uh, enjoy the season. Good luck this season with everything as well. Cool, man. No problem. Anytime you're ready again, give me a you know, give me a yell, all right? I will. All right. Have a good one, man. All right. Bye. All right. We are back. And once again, to wrap things up, thank you to Zach Braziller of The Post for coming on to talk shop for about 20 minutes there. I hope you all enjoyed it. I had a great time talking to Zach. You heard him say at the end there that he is willing to come back on. Uh, at some point this season periodically so Zach if you're listening we are going to hold you to that and uh, hopefully we can have him on uh, his availability permitting obviously throughout the year but that just about wraps up our show I hope that you enjoyed this kind of preview to the season with Mr. Braziller I hope that we can have him on again obviously and um, you know the season kicks off now we are officially here we've made it through the offseason We've got a exhibition game Thursday, and then next Tuesday we kick off the season. So the next time that you hear this podcast, it will be a reaction to game number one of what is hopefully a very successful, hopefully a tournament season for St. John's. But that's it for me today. Enjoy the, the two games this week, hopefully two wins, and I will talk to everyone next week. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.